0: They are just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Back by popular demand is Marcia Griffin in our first ever two-part series on rough drafts, but this story was too good to cram into one episode and there's just too much God stuff going on. So, uh, last time we met, previously on 24, I don't know what you say. It's <laughs> something like this. Marsha asked, could we do a two-parter? And I said, I, I, I don't know. We've never done it before. Making it all of, Everything's the first time for something. Last time, uh, we talked some amazing stuff. We heard about how Alan and Marsha got married and how their family of origin were interesting. We heard about what it was like to grow up in church and have a fear-based faith instead of a grace-based faith. Uh, we heard about uh, serving the church, maybe too much sometimes. Uh maybe dealing with that idea that we we have to be perfect to be used by God. And now I feel like we're right at the point where the story is about to get even more interesting. So we just made a church transition. Take it away, Marsha.
1: Okay. Um, I kind of call this, uh, as I was thinking through this, I kind of broke it up into blocks in my mind, and I call these The Good Years. So what was the
0: name for the first section?
1: Well— that was trial and error and okay. all kind of okay. yeah. things you know Um, uh, good years but you know what i mean yeah. this is um when you kind of have a point where everything kind of comes together we um we served at pegram for years Um uh, during that time we had the opportunity to go to mexico and do medical missions and big al and other people who weren't medically trained would go and unload and load and drive and you know so those were very influential um trips for us you know uh seeing other cultures seeing the want the need being able to serve you know and um that was that was very you know very important in our spiritual growth um al had started a business a construction business and that was doing very well um, in 1994, 93, I went back to school. Uh, I had always worked in health care and decided I needed to go back to school if I was going to keep working. And so I went back to school and became an RN. We bought the farm of our dreams. Um, it had been my dream forever. It was right on Jones Creek, uh, had about 30 acres and, um, had a, my dream, a big red barn. We built a farmhouse um entertained had all sorts of youth group activities church activities shared that i had my horses um we uh, went camping a lot with our horses and our grandkids in tow you know just i mean such sweet good memories of of living on that farm and um wes our you know holly's gone she's uh having her own kids um which could be another story for another time but um wes had always been our um our rebel you know i don't know where he got that but (laughs) anyway uh he had um spent time in the military was in Fallujah, afghanistan a lot of prayer nights there you know prayer nights prayer days a lot of fasting Um, He came back and married a sweet little girl from Pegram. uh, And I remember distinctly saying, I can just die now. My kids are married to Christians. You know, life is good. We were able to give more than we ever imagined we could give and loved doing that. So fast forward to 2005, um, we went into business. We were at the point where we would love to kind of start stepping away more. And I did all the books, did payroll, did all that stuff in addition to working as a nurse and now worked hard as, you know, doing construction things. And so we went into business with uh, a couple of people and I want to, honor that just by saying a couple of people and, um, that we trusted. And that was 2005 in 2007. Um, one of them was an accountant. Um, and in 2007 I had asked along the way, and let me, can I see the books? Can I, you know, I need to have a hand on what's going on. Well, you know, there was always a reason. And I'm just going to shorten it by saying by 2007, we, realized that things weren't going well and literally found ourselves nine hundred and ninety odd thousand dollars in debt and didn't even know it
0: well that's fun
1: yeah uh accounts that had been opened um poor decisions that had been made um we had been and 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 I i feel like we bear a lot of the blame for that because they weren't ready for that kind of responsibility and we should have realized that um but it everything literally fell to pieces um, my son's marriage fell apart um he they were living next door to us um very strained relationship with him and the debt that was just, I mean, I, there's, there, I don't even know how to describe it, you know, but I will say there's a little bit of freedom in that because when you realize it so much, um, you can't possibly even scratch the surface. You just start telling people, well, do what you need to. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, so we took our business back, uh, worked really hard and then You know, we were, God just, oh my goodness, God blessed us with so many people who helped us navigate that. An attorney in Nashville, who's an elder at Harbeth Hills, who charged us not one penny. Oh, wow. And and went to meetings with us and helped us navigate that. And for a while, we thought, well, we can, you know, just work hard and pull out of this thing. And then 2008 hit. Yeah. And there was no work. There was just no work. So... Here we are, just, and I'm telling you, Matthew, I would get in the shower and scream and cry and rail at God. Yeah. Now the good news is, He can take it.
0: Yeah, He's heard it before.
1: And I told him, I said, you know, you promised, give, test me in this. It'll be given, pressed down, running over. You know, why are you do? Why are you doing this? You know. Everything is falling apart. Yeah. And it was the hardest couple of years. Um, but then, surprise. Uh, Thaddeus Hill from the Timothy Hill Children's Ranch came down to just offer his love and support. We had had a relationship with that family at that point for about 20 years. Uh, it started by Telling them to come onto our house and stay when they were at the workshop. Yeah. And uh, he said, You know, we've tried to get you to come to the ranch for 20 years. How about now? <laughs> and at the time, we didn't think we were going to even be able to keep the farm. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, and I'll tell you, you haven't really been humbled until you have to have an auction. And you watch people drive away with your washer and dryer and your Kubota tractor you love and your manure spreader that I got for Mother's Day. <laughs> um, people driving away with your things, yeah, that are just things, but but still, they they're have stories. Things, yeah, you know? and you've worked hard for them. So we had a big auction. We went up to the ranch and just kind of visited what would our roles be whatever and we just we knew we just knew um that serving would be the way out yeah. that uh sitting here belly aching and crying over loss and just was not going to get it and so we made the decision in 2009 to go to the ranch we moved up there in may um we i took five of my horses um we took just what we needed, you know, uh, clothes and a few things to make it feel like home. And we moved into what they call the potato barn, okay. uh, resident residential uh, transitional house. We lived with four boys at all times. Uh, I was, of all things, the nurse and the horseback riding instructor. Uh-huh. So I wore boots and jeans and spurs to work and had my dog with me, and Al did all things maintenance and helped me on the farm because that included hay and all sorts of things. So, absolutely fell in love with those kids. Um, they were so rough and so raw and so honorary and I just loved them.
0: They're your people,
1: and the more honorary the better. Yeah. I, I just, I, everyone when they came, I gave them a big hug. I, I. I, I just adored them, you know, and so we committed to two years, ended up staying four years. Um, during that time, we were some way able to keep the farm. We leased it. Um, we had bought some property around us. We sold and rented, you know, we just shuffled the pieces around, however it made sense. And so while we were there, a door opened to go to Africa to do medical missions and building at an orphanage in Mitiana, Uganda. It was through a man who was there who was with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and um, told us about the opportunity. And so 2011, 12, and 13, we made the trek to Uganda and worked there. And uh, they have drums (laughs) in worship.
0: It's a little different there, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have literally danced around a fire, yeah. in worship in Africa.
0: It's amazing how uh, how just different. You know, we're used to church being super formal, worship being almost regimented, mm-hmm. but it is an experience in Africa. Yeah,
1: it it and it, you just it changes you. You know, I t- I tell people I say the best gift you can give your kid you want to do something that's life changing. Send them somewhere to serve let them see
0: how blessed the view you have of the spiritual world mm. is different mm-hmm. um, maybe I yeah. can elaborate on that a little bit
1: well the the orphanage itself the kids had nothing but one bed and a box that you know they kept their things in but every night they had worship and it was kid led and uh, there was usually an adult there somewhere, but the kids played drums. They sang. They every hand was in the air. I mean, the the Holy Spirit was palpable. And I'll never, you know, you just have these moments that are in your mind. And the first day we were there, we had to, the directions to the school were like. Go down to the cow, turn right. You know, swing left where the chicken pen is, and then go down through the garbage dump. You know, it was like
0: that's Africa, right? Yes, yeah,
1: that's it. And so two things happen. I watched my granddaughter walking in front of me um, with kids with her all over her. To and I, I had this Holy Spirit moment, and I turned to my daughter and I said, "You better prepare your heart." And she said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "She's home." she's home. And then we got down the hill and I started hearing the drums and the singing of those children. And it was like, oh, washing the feet of the children, you know, um, dancing around the fire, having them lift hands and touch you and pray over you. You don't have a clue what they're saying, but.
0: But you don't, but you do.
1: Uh, yeah, knew, yeah. You, you they did, were praying the words for down. us. Yeah
0: you, yeah, you knew they were calling for God's favor, for God's yeah. protection, for yeah. God's mercy. Yeah, um, it's amazing. You're in those situations sometimes. You may not know the words that are being said, but you know what is being said. Yeah,
1: we know the intent. And so, um, so that was that was another. You know, I've said when I grew up, I just in my early, I thought I'd just get married and live in Dixon and have some kids and be going to. Whatever the grocery store, you know, I never dreamed, never dreamed in my life that I would be in Mexico and Africa and living on a children's ranch and going through the loss of a child and the financial devastation. And you just, you know, you have no idea of what life holds. You know, it's it's been quite the. And I told you I brought my book. I have a I have something called the commonplace journal where I write. Um. I write quotes and things that I want to remember. And and this one, Oswald Chambers, I love me some Oswald Chambers. C.S. Lewis, yes, but, and he's got a quote that says, If a man cannot prove his religion in the valley, it is not worth anything. And when I told you I stood in the shower and cried and reeled at God, I had at that point been teaching my ladies class for 10 years. And all the things that I had said to them started coming back to my head. Yeah. Like Corey Ten Boom says, don't hold anything so tightly, lest God has to pry your fingers loose. Uh-huh. And I would always circle back, if I believed it yesterday, I believe it today.
0: Why wouldn't I believe it today?
1: If I believed it in the, in the blessings, in the, in the good, in the abundance... I have to believe it in the devastation you know i, I either meant it or i didn't yeah. and so that's where i would god and i had those sessions repeatedly yeah you know um but then we left the children's ranch after four years my parents were getting older needed us god just provided a job that was unbelievable for me at the hospital. Uh, it just came out of the blue. Um, I stepped back in as director of the department I had left. Cool. Um, we we got back, um, were able to move back to the farm, um, started repairing it from all the leasing it years. Mm-hmm. Um, the year we got back, Al had... Um, started being short of breath and we had quadruple bypass Fun. surgery um but he recovered from that well and we decided at that point that he should retire you know and yeah. so he retired and i kept working and we got to enjoy five more years at the farm but we knew at that you know we had a mortgage that you don't have when you're in your, in your late retirement. 60s and 70s yeah. you know it it should have been paid for two or three times over but it would not right and so we enjoyed it for five more years and sold it to an elder at pegram and his wife i mean we didn't even list it we just don't it so then we knew typical retirement wasn't for us so we called it redirection yeah so we bought a big rv and for oh and we moved to louisiana okay forgot that we moved to Louisiana. Our daughter was living there.
0: Now, where does that fit in the timeline? Was that after Timothy Hill? Was that that?
1: Yeah, that was after retirement. Okay, we so sold the retired. farm, uh, retired in January of eighteen. We sold the farm the very end of two thousand seventeen. I retired January eighteen. We moved to Louisiana, uh, bought a house with our daughter and her husband. Went to Whites Ferry Road.
0: And that's when you grew out your beard and became part of the Dutch yes, dynasty. Yes,
1: yes, and wore a bandana. And yeah, it
0: was a good say. look on you, I thought. Yes. You know. Such
1: a good church. Yeah. Ooh, such a good church.
0: I have heard about their work with Celebrate Recovery. Oh. and
1: Oh, Th- now those are some worship services. Yeah. Love those. Mm-hmm. But we spent, for the next few years, we spent about five to six months of the year traveling, and we would go work uh, at the Timothy Hill Children's Ranch at the Timothy Hill Christian Camp in Massachusetts at the Tuba City Church of Christ in Arizona. Um, so we would fit in Yellowstone, Glacier, Acadia, Redwoods, Zion yes. as we traveled. And so we traveled and worked That's uh, so cool. for the next few years. Um, so that was that was fun.
0: It sounds like it.
1: That was good, you know. You think about the God will restore the years the locust ate, Mm -hmm. uh, and I firmly believe that. It may not look the same, Yeah, but he does restore.
0: I've always thought that about the end of Job's story.
1: Mm. I read Job a lot.
0: He didn't get his family back.
1: Mm
0: -mm. Um, And I know that there is no replacing that, Mm -hmm. but there is is still joy that comes later. There are new blessings.
1: Yeah, and we've made friends. The last trip we made, we just visited people we've served with. Um, you know, over the years, and just made a trek through visiting them in Rifle, Colorado, and Colorado Springs, and Kalispell, Montana, and you know, just that—that that was those were fun years.
0: It sure um, sounds like it.
1: Yeah, but then you know, we find out end of twenty twenty one that the kids want to move back to Tennessee, and um so we renovated a house we spent the last year renovating a house with them so we're the basement dwellers we built out the basement and they built redid the top and for this time in our life it's um it's not my farm you know it's not my farm um but i'm gonna have one of those in heaven yeah you are (laughs) yeah and uh so but for this this season in life it's perfect um and we're there with them and our son's even around all the time, you know. So, um, good time. And like I said, unfortunately Burns is getting us on the on the worn out end. But
0: But we're also getting you on the we've learned some lessons and we have some wisdom in.
1: Got I've got some experience.
0: Experience is a good word. Yeah. Experience. Got is some a good experience. Oh um, yeah. What a journey it's been. Wow. So how... Um,
1: Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no,
0: you're good. Uh, how would you say that your faith has changed over the years? We, we've talked a little bit about the faith that was fear and the faith that is grace. We've talked a little bit about kind of the rigidity in the say yes to everything. We've talked about some traditions that are cha- just broad strokes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, I think the first word that comes to mind is freedom. I, I've learned to experience the freedom of serving christ wait yeah. it's the only freedom i mean it it just is and not a freedom that's not bound by list or other people's expectations or tradition and i'm thoroughly enjoying that that freedom yeah. um n- and not fear um you know I, I lost my mom and my dad and my brother in two years um and My brother, especially, was a heartbreaker because he was a broken, broken person. Um, But my daughter said the other day, she said, you know how you're always saying you wish you'd known your daddy before he broke? Yeah. And I said, yeah. And she said, they're not broke anymore, Mama. She said, they're all there and they're not broke. My daddy was at a great place. We had a conversation right before he died. And he said, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Um, I have belief that my brother, in his brokenness, and she said they're all there and they're not broken, and you'll get to see that too.
0: I always joke that I don't think I'll be recognizable in the resurrection by the time <laughs> you get everything wrong with me <laughs> and you fix it all. He's that guy? Sort of looks like Matthew, but doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I guess just broad strokes, that's what I'd say, is just freedom, you know, not feeling like I've got to volunteer for every single thing, knowing that I have physical limitations now. And um,
0: You had them before, too. We just don't admit it.
1: Correct. Well, yeah, yeah. You know. All my horse injuries have come back to haunt me. <laughs> um, but, you know, knowing that if I, I, I need to rest sometimes and I need, I, I need to spend time with God. Uh, not doing, you know, that is such a relief to not feel like I have to do and do and do.
0: And well, there's kind of this, this saying about the Protestant work ethic, you know, mm-hmm. that, that and, and I appreciate it. Good. I mean, that's what built children's homes. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what staffs children's homes. Mm-hmm. But if that's not paired with a true sense of, of this is, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor mm-hmm. work in vain. Um. Learning to rest, learning to trust, learning to let go—those are hard lessons.
1: Very much. I I have always I've told some parents over the years. I said the hardest, the hardest thing you will ever do is really give your child to God. Because I know you know my work ethic and my Type A personality. I want to fix it. I want to uh, take care of it. I want to help God out. I want to make sure that we can make a list and. Go about. There's a process that we, you know, and that's been a hard, hard thing for me to know that I can't do a darn
0: thing. You know, you told the story in the last episode about losing Michael. Um, and, you know, we kind of told that in the context of how much you worked. Mm-hmm. But, but how did, how did navigating that in your faith go? What, what was that like?
1: That, that came at the same time as the great divorce, I call it the church breakup. And it was tough. You know, it was really tough because we felt like that, which wrong or right, we felt like we've invested so much of us and our children and our time and our money that we're, and now we're Now you're treating us with caution, you know. And so it made dealing with Michael's death very hard because they were competing emotions, loss at church. And I mean, that was our family. We had done every that was our social, spiritual family. And so there were those competing losses that made it really tough. But it also helped me grow to another place where it's just God that I have to please. And I'm enough. The mess, the OCD-driven, crazy person that I am is enough.
0: Enneagram type one, you know.
1: You think? <laughs> the odd thing about me in the Enneagram is my top four were only one point different. Yeah. So, um,
0: that's how I am too and yeah. they're all in different little quadrants or whatever mm-hmm. I just i break those things yeah um but, but you know that's those experiences were probably the only way you could ever learn to let go and experience that freedom mm-hmm. I, I hate to say that i don't and i don't say that to say god caused these things because mm-hmm. i i don't know about that mm-hmm. maybe he does maybe he doesn't i, I I literally mean I don't know about that. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I can safely say and confidently say that I am not the same person I would have been had I not experienced such loss and such devastation. Yeah. I wouldn't be the same person. And, and I'll tell you, when I hear people say things like, you know, there's a child that's acting up, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well guess what? Sometimes it does. <laughs>
0: Sometimes they roll down a hill. And despite your,
1: I mean, you know, you you can't control what your kids do when they're grown. I don't care how how good you, you know, I really was so misguided in my, um, you know, get everything right that I thought, you know, all you had to do is, you know, stay married, take your kids to church, teach them the truth, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Guess what? Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Sometimes they're not, and it's not your fault.
0: I was listening to this guy on TikTok the other day. Yeah. Go ahead, and roll your eyes all you want. But <laughs> uh, he was a psychologist, and he said most of us believe in the myth of a child as a blank slate on whom we can write whatever we want. Yeah. And it was kind of the nature nurture debate again. Yeah. Uh, but he said, don't forget that these kids are born with huge chunks of who they are the moment they come out of the womb, and. While there's some stuff that we write on them for good or for bad, mm-hmm. uh, remember that there's a whole lot that they just they just are who they are. Mm-hmm. They're a conglomeration of I, I think his term was that they're they're a matrix of your your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, and your mom and your dad. And there's some mix of all of those people. Yeah. And yeah, well, there's work to do. In when I listened to it, I thought well, that didn't seem like that could be right. Then right? I think I think about our kids and who they are and yeah. what they're like and.
1: And you, you probably already know, you know, with Holly, all I had to do was wrinkle my head, you know, and she would snap too. I never had to tell her to get her homework. I never had to tell her to practice piano. Um, Wes graduated high school by trying to see how many days he could miss and still get out. He was, yeah. he was, now he's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, can do anything. Uh, he's a helicopter pilot. He's a real estate investor. He can do plumbing, electrical, wiring. Cons- I mean, he can do the CAD and d- design. He can do anything. But he has always been very much don't tell me what to do
0: yeah and that's no. not necessarily bad
1: no uh i had a teacher one time tell me when he was in school she said and, and you just won't believe this statement." she said i just cannot break his spirit
0: oh no so that's not your job
1: and i said i don't want it broken thank you because yeah. that's what's going to keep him going when you and i blade down and quit yeah i don't want his spirit broken yeah um,
0: he's not a mule he's not a dog he did it yeah
1: I was I couldn't even I couldn't even wrap my head around that uh, but um, you know they've um, they've each taught me so much you know one who was very compliant and willing and one who was the opposite you know but I have learned so much and I've even learned so much through this rebellion yeah you know, but bottom line, they were on loan to me. Yeah. They're not mine.
0: Hannah figured that out better than the rest of us do. Yeah. I read uh, that story in the Old Testament, and I think, how, how could you do that? But she's just recognizing what was true.
1: It's a truth that what most of us don't get.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. This has been fun.
1: Thank you. Okay,
0: I have one more question. Okay. I want to talk about freedom a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Freedom is scary to people.
1: Yep. And why? Well,
0: that was my question. And my next question was, what do we do about it?
1: Well, I don't know. I certainly don't have all the answers, but I think we have been so entrenched in the church in list-based, for lack of a better word, faith, Mm -hmm. where... If you went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you taught a class, you took, you know, it it, was, it was, shall I say, pharisaical? Yeah. You know. Um,
0: The last person we baptized is a lady in her early 30s, and she said, I'm not saying I didn't believe, she said, but. I always had a list and I always had a plan. I knew I wanted to date. I wanted to get married. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to have mm-hmm. kids. I wanted to have a job. And I knew that one of the I want to's is get baptized. So I did it. Mm-hmm. So I checked off my box. Mm-hmm. She said, now I've realized that all I did was check off a box and I want to follow Jesus. And I thought, oh, how cool is this? Well. And her husband baptized her. Yeah. Uh, if you remember that Sunday. Yes. It was a neat moment.
1: Yeah, that was cool.
0: Thought he knew was going to drown her, but that's another story for Well, day.
1: besides that, yeah. <laughs> so I... I- There's a, and I understand that being a a type A, number one on the Enneagram kind of person, you know, I've got, I've got a calendar, I've got a list, I've got a list for Lowe's, for Walmart, for what I need to do, you know, that's just what I do. But that doesn't work in my faith. But there's a certain um, feel good to check and check you know you feel good when you check off tasks
0: it's safe it's controlled it's safe that's the word and you almost you don't have to think as much mm-hmm. it's it's not what does love require of me it's have i have i attended sunday night this week correct
1: and the sermon on the mount the best i remember is when jesus called us out of that mentality
0: you have heard it said but yeah, i say to yeah, you. yeah
1: and so freedom i think the reason it scares people is because they're so afraid they'll step over some imaginary line well guess what so what yeah so what
0: Romans 8, one. there's no condemnation for those who well, are Christ Jesus.
1: I, see, I figured you were going to ask me about scriptures. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah so, so I wrote well, them down. And a
0: good preacher probably would have. I know, I mean, right? You don't have one to
1: <laughs> But <laughs>
0: We'll call Jason Allison. Yeah,
1: Romans. I read Job over and over during devastation, you know, because I thought, you know, Job wasn't, like with our devastating, we didn't cause it. We didn't, it, it sin splatters. Yeah. Sin and splatters. Sin splatters.
0: That's a phrase.
1: Yeah. Sin splatters over innocent people. Yeah. And um, we happen to be in the spray pattern. Um, but um, I read Job a lot. Romans 8. The Spirit intercedes for us when, you know, we don't have anything but grooms. It's too
0: deep for words.
1: Yeah. We're, we're more than conquerors. You know, all things work together for good um, for those that love him. And so, um, and Fern hill I don't know if you've ever even heard of Fern Hill, but she was the matriarch of the Timothy Hill Children's Ranch, the one who had the dream, the vision, the drive, and uh, the four years I spent living next door to her. My my, what a woman! Mm-hmm. And she would remind me if I belly ached about anything. First Thessalonians five sixteen: Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. circumstances. marcia have you given thanks?
0: Shut up, lady. I don't like this.
1: I know. It was like, you know, I didn't really want to hear that right now. But I, I do really think that's the issue, Matthew, is that freedom, people can't handle freedom because they don't know what to do with it. And they're so afraid they'll do something wrong that they're paralyzed.
0: Did you watch Shawshank Redemption? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the great movies.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I just think more often than I should probably... About that character Brooks, the librarian, mm-hmm. who gets out on parole, and he works in the grocery store. And you know the narrator in the background talks about how life was faster than when he got out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't know how to how to work the the grocery store checkout. He didn't know how to not ask somebody if he needed to pee. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He had been institutionalized. Was the word that he uses in the movie. Yeah. And Brooks Brooks killed himself because yeah. he couldn't handle freedom. Yeah. And that's kind of the open question that's at the end of the movie. Will 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 these characters will Will Red be able to handle freedom? Mm-hmm. Will Andy Dufresne be able to handle freedom? And I'll be very honest. There's a lot of Sundays when I come to church, and I I almost feel a sense of that that scene in that movie, mm-hmm. trying to offer freedom to people in cages, and well, when
1: the door is open, yeah,
0: the, door's open the door is open. The door. Sometimes you feel like you're coming to the backside of the cage and kicking it, and then they come over and start pecking you. You know. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I, I wrote my grandkids a letter, um, and I I told them in that letter, I said, you are our legacy, because I feel like um, Al and I started with no tools, you know, both from crazy homes, loving God, loving each other, surviving all the things, um... Trying to improve on from whence we came. Yeah. Our daughter and her husband have done the same thing. Our son's on his way, and then our grandkids. Oh my! Our granddaughter's been a missionary since she was seventeen. How cool! She finished after her first year in Africa. When I mean, you know, um, she married a man who's a co-missionary. They've got two little girls, and you know what those two little girls do? They're at a um. YWAM base in Kona, every morning they have praise and worship in Ohana Court, and those little girls have ribbons, and they're dancing, and they're singing, and they're praising God with all their hearts and minds and souls, and I think, we didn't get it all right, but here's the fruit.
0: Here it is, yeah. Here's the fruit. Okay, this time I'm going to say that apple didn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) Can I use it this time? You can. You can. You know. There's something about the love of the Lord that's contagious. Yeah, and sometimes we contain what is contagious. Yeah, let's open those doors. Yes, yeah. David
1: danced before the Lord in the loincloth. I oh, want that kind of church. I, I mean, we'll wear clothes. Wear we'll wear clothes, but I want that. <laughs> you got a
0: list of people not allowed in the <laughs> loincloth.
1: Oh, I no, I that would be burned in your retina. <laughs> but you know, I want that kind. I long for that kind. Of worship and praise,
0: we like safe. We want I want safe, contained. Yeah, uh, but what if we let ourselves go?
1: Just stepped into the freedom. Yeah,
0: and I love how in your story it was was kind of, well, they invited me to go to Africa, so I did. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so maybe if you're listening, this is your uh, your invitation. You know, I don't know uh, to what or to where. Yeah, uh, to. To try something, to take a risk. Yeah. Um, I would rather be a church that fails trying something new than that has done the same thing we've always done and gets what we've always gotten with ever-diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh,
1: Step out.
0: You know, the Timothy Hill Children's Ranch exists because of this woman's faith.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh. She prayed for things that nobody believed would happen. Yeah. But they did. Yeah. They did.
0: That's amazing. Marcia, is there anything else you want to share today?
1: No, not really. I just...
0: Is there a it, verse in your book you didn't get to share?
1: Let me see. No. Okay. I think I shared them. Um, I guess I, I just... I, I long for when people can lay down the chains. Yeah. And and worship with abandon and serve with abandon. And enjoy the freedom.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Marcia, thank you for being our first ever two partner. <laughs> I
1: Somebody. feel like such a time hog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody had to be the one to break the ice. What, it would happen eventually, and it, it couldn't be. It couldn't have been anybody better. Thank you. Thanks for sharing the story of how God has worked in the mountains and the valleys, and thank you for pointing us, uh, prompting us, nudging us towards freedom,
1: mm.
0: and just a little bit less of playing it safe with God. I'm mm. so glad we got to spend this time together. And friends, thank you so much for spending this time with us. You gave us a half an hour of your life today, and we uh, we think that's a gift, and we appreciate it, and we hope that if this has blessed you, that you will share it with somebody else so that this can continue to bless people, and maybe, maybe just maybe, God will open some hearts, open some minds, and, and set some fires that can't be contained in our community. Wouldn't that be cool? Thanks for listening, and until next time, I can't wait to hear what God is up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes His love into our stories.